Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. You are tuned in to Marginalia's Daily Readings and Prayers podcast. My name is Brian Ferry. I'm one of the pastors at New City. We do this podcast in an effort to support and encourage you in your daily Bible reading and prayer. It's also a way to help you feel connected with the life and teaching of New City while we are physical distancing and staying at home. You can follow along each day by reading the day's scriptures before listening. You can always find our readings and short prayers at newcitycincy.org slash readings dash prayers. If you haven't read and want to do so, you can pause this, read, and then come on back. I'll still be here when you do. Today is Friday, May 8th, and our scripture readings for today are Psalm 27, Exodus 34, verses 18 through 35, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, Matthew 5, 27 to 37. These are all terrific passages today, so it's hard to know where to go, but we're headed to Psalm 27. This is a psalm for our times. The psalmist expresses confidence in the midst of fear and threat. Though our imminent threat seems to be an invisible virus rather than persecution from other people. I don't know about you, but this psalm rings true with what I'm feeling these days. I'll read it and comment a little along the way. Verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The first verse of a psalm often functions as an introduction or sort of a thesis statement, if we could be so crass as to use a phrase like thesis statement when referring to poetry. Here we see the Lord, who he is, and we see fear, the Lord and fear. We still have both of these things these days the Lord and fear. The question is, with the Lord, whom should I be afraid? of whom should I be afraid? Or as the Apostle Paul says it, if God is for us, who could be against us? Verse 2 and 3, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident." We're introduced to David's troubles here, and it's in the form of evildoers, adversaries, foes. However, the enemies are going to have their attacks boomerang on them. So they are the ones who will stumble and fall. David's saying, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you do or say bounces off of me and sticks to you. You Even if it's an army encamped against him, even if it's all-out war, David says he will be confident. This is a robust Amazing faith and confidence so far. In verse 4, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This is kind of the crux of the passage here, the key security and confidence that David has expressed. He wants one thing. If you're old enough, you might remember the old movie City Slickers in which Curly, the old grizzled cowboy, says to Billy Crystal's character, Do you know what the secret of life is? This. He says, holding up his index finger like the number one. He says, one thing. Just one thing. What is it? Billy Crystal asked. Well, that's what you've got to figure out, says Curly. Well, David's got this one thing figured out. He says, one thing I have asked of the Lord and that will I seek after. The one thing is nearness to God. Dwelling in his house. Gazing on God's beauty. Essentially, his one thing is God himself, a close forever walk with God. And we'd be wise to poach David's one thing and make it ours. 
verse 5. For, he says, that is, here's why he wants to be near God forever. For, that is because God will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. God shelters, hides, rescues him in troubled times. And in verse six, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. The result and the response. His head is held high above the triumphed enemies. He shouts for joy. He makes a melody. David expresses his joy and gratitude to God. And he does so with music. And at this point, the psalm takes a bit of a turn. It probably could have ended there. Well, who should I fear? I have all these enemies threatening war, but all I long for is to be close to God and he will protect me and I am vindicated. Cue the worship music. But the psalm continues. Verse 7 and following. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Where's the boldness? Where did it go? Where's the confidence? You know, this section is full of requests that seem like wavering after the boldness and declaration of the first part of the psalm. You know, this might show us that even David, the great king, sometimes had a mixed heart. You know, maybe David prayed something like my favorite prayer from the Gospels. I believe, oh, help my unbelief. I believe, oh, help my unbelief. And what does David ask for here? He asks to be heard. He asks for grace. He asks for an answer. He asks for God to hide his face because sometimes it feels like God is hiding his face, doesn't it? He asks that God not turn him away. Or put positively, he asks to be welcomed. He asks not to be forsaken. And he laments being forsaken by his mother and father. He asks for God to teach him and to lead him. He asks for the protection from his enemies that he's already declared he knows God has provided and will provide. I believe. Help my unbelief. And then in verse 13, we see an affirmation of faith. David says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's the culmination. The bookend from the introduction in verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. How do we stay close to the Lord? How do we let it sink in that the Lord is indeed our light and our salvation and that we have nothing to fear? We wait. We wait for the Lord. And oh, is it hard to wait. We try to wait, but we feel the itch and instead grab our phone to check social media. We try to wait, but the things that we have to add to our to-do list swamp our minds. We try to wait, but the next Zoom call starts in four minutes. It's hard to wait. But one byproduct of this crazy time is that we have the opportunity to shift gears a little bit since our schedules are all out of sorts and just slow down a bit. Make time to wait for the Lord. Wait on him. Gaze on his beauty. Maybe it's over a cup of coffee in the morning or a a cocktail in the evening or sometime in between. 
Now, here's the challenge. Make some time today to just wait on the Lord. Not doing anything, just waiting on the Lord. Seek his face. God is for you. You know, if you've tried this, you know this will not be easy. But let David's call rouse you to the inactivity of waiting. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Every day we do this podcast, we provide a question for reflection, since one of our goals is to help foster community and encourage personal reflection. So write about it in a journal, call, text, Marco Polo a friend, discuss it over dinner with your housemates or family. Here's the question. When will you make time to wait on the Lord, to seek his face, to gaze on his beauty? Be specific. When are you going to make time to try and wait on the Lord? If you think this podcast might be helpful or encouraging to someone you know, feel free to share it with them and encourage them to subscribe. Stay in the loop on all manner of things. Follow us on Instagram at New City Cincinnati or Facebook at New City Cincy. Here's a closing prayer for us, a portion of a prayer that I've been returning to regularly from a book called Piercing Heaven, Prayers of the Puritans. Let's pray. Eternal, unchangeable Lord, Your perfections and glories will never change. Jesus, your son, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The closer the eternal world gets, the more I must consider it. But sadly, my views, my affections, and my best intentions keep changing, just like my poor body. Why can I not just come to you with the affection of a child as I once did? Why do I avoid serving you? It was once my greatest pleasure, now it seems like a burden. And what happened to the wonderful rest I had in you? That feeling of just being happy to be near you and my determination to never stray from your presence. Send your spirit on me to dwell in a temple consecrated to himself and may he direct my holy and acceptable sacrifice of service. Amen. So long, everybody. Have a great weekend.